Welcome to uh, Grabs Podcast, Episode 6. My name is Justin McWilliams. Our goal is to share the stories of real-life rescues from firefighters across the nation and learn from one another. Today we have Hale Fitzgerald from South Portland Fire over in Maine. So, uh, Hale, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your department? Yeah, so uh, South Portland, it's a combination department. We have a city of about 25,000 people. Um, a lot of residential, a lot of commercial, some industrial. We have a working waterfront. We staff three stations full-time. We have uh, two engine companies, one ladder company, two ambulances, and a duty chief. So we have a total of 14 firefighters on duty. We run about 4,500 calls a year. And our call companies consist of uh, two engines and a ladder, and they're dispatched on boxes as well. And as for me, I'm a firefighter paramedic. I've been on the job there. It'll be five years this fall. And I graduated from Southern Maine Community College right in South Pole. And that's where I went and got my degree in both fire science and paramedicine. Hey, uh, what's your box alarm consist of for a working house fire? Initially, we get a full-time engine company, full-time ladder, the chief, an ambulance, and one of the call companies. And uh, other full-time company starts across the city. And when it's a working fire or an all-hands fire, as we call it, we get every full-time piece in the city, every call company. We have uh, the heavy rescue and an ambulance come over from the city of Portland. Okay. Uh, what's, your, uh, what's your search culture like within your department? Like who performs the search? When do you prioritize search? So... Uh, by SOGs, essentially the first two engine does engine work, first two truck does truck work, which would include a search, and first two ambulance works with the first two engine, second two ambulance works with the truck. But, you know, when a department that's staffed a little short sometimes on a fire, if the ambulance needs to search, they search. If the engine needs to do a search, you know, they might do it as well. So it all all really depends on what, what we are for a call. So you have to kind of be uh, pretty versatile. Okay. Um, as, for as for search culture, you know, we, we focus a lot on can work. And that's something that you'll hear in this fire really helped out. We search with a can. Uh, in our drill school, we teach everyone how to fight fire with a can before we even put a um, hose line in their hands. And, you know, that's done a lot of work. It gets us in buildings a little quicker sometime, especially being short-staffed. Awesome. So uh, why don't we just go back to October 31st, 2018 and start us from uh, you guys getting the alarm. Yeah, so I was working a swap. I was on the back half of a 48, and uh, we get the initial dispatch at 2328. And the dispatcher, you could tell this was a, you know, a more legit fire by there the tone that they were getting multiple calls. She said fire in the building with a victim trapped on the second floor. So uh, we were out the door just over, a, just about a minute, according to the dispatch times I got here. And I was on the ambulance and my partner and I, we were talking about what our strategy would be. Initially, she's on the second floor. Our go-to is going to be a VES. When we got there and realized the fire was on the second floor, then obviously we had the audible, but that was our initial plan. So the deputy chief 
got out the building a little quicker than us. He arrived on scene first and reported smoke showing from the second floor of the building. Uh, he got all his gear on. He had an air pack on. And we arrived on scene uh, about five minutes after the initial dispatch. So it took us four minutes to travel there. And when we got on scene, you could see some, like a light haze, some white smoke coming from the alpha side of the house. Uh, we didn't realize right away that the fire was on the Charlie side until the engine gave a size up from from that angle. And uh, I got out. I ride the ambulance in full PPE besides the helmet and an air pack. So I threw my helmet on, put my air pack on, grabbed the grabbed my hook and went and met up with the deputy who was at the front door. Uh, we went into the building. We got some information from PD who had uh, actually made it to the top of the stairs and was they were pushed back by the heat and smoke. They uh, relayed what room she was in to us. We masked up and about 30 seconds or less according to their body cam footage and went up the stairs to to search we there was some confusion over what room she was in initially so we opened one room looked around there was uh, very high visibility no uh, hardly any smoke she wasn't in there the pd relayed up to us that she was in the other room the door there was taught to the touch so we got low Open the door, open maybe two or three inches, and I reached in and could feel her body, uh, which was holding the door up. So I reported that we had a victim. So we found her about 30 seconds after going on air. And so the door was open. It was the only type of forcible entry we had was pretty much manhandling the door and pushing her out of the way with it. So I put my shoulder into the door a couple times to make a big enough gap that I could get my body through. I got into the room and sized the room up and you know, there was a bed. It was pretty tight. She was up against some clothes in a closet. The way the door opened made it pretty hard to access her. So I shut the door behind me and I got to her. I got a good look at her face. I could see, some soot around her nose, but I could see that she was still breathing. She was unconscious though. And so I worked to move her from where she was, which was up against the closet and some clothes back to the other side of the door so that we could open it. Uh, then that's when the bed started to take off pretty good. I'm pretty sure the window would self vented at that point. Uh, after getting her back, over on the um, back past the door. Then I opened it back up. A couple other guys had shown up at the top of the stairs, one out of the water can. Well, the off, well, the officer of the engine and one of the police officers was stretching the line. He got up with a water can, emptied that into the room over my head. Then I was telling him to grab her. Initially, he grabbed my leg. Then he grabbed hers. I ended up pushing her torso out, and we got her into the landing. They then got her down the stairs, and at that point, the line came up, and I get that. They extinguished the fire. She was treated by uh, the other ambulance in the city that responded on the all-hands fire. 
and they transported her to Maine Medical Center, which is our local level one trauma center. Um, so for the for the removal, it was hands on. It was a pretty cramped area. I removed her legs first to get her past the door, and then uh, my partner Lou Torado out in the hallway grabbed her legs, and I got behind her for her head and kind of pushed her so the two of us could move her out. And then they brought her down the stairs. And at that point, the ladder company had got on scene and assisted getting them out to the ambulance. Uh, another another uh, point, which I think is one of the reasons this went so well, is the uh, second due ambulance was listening to their radios on scan at the station. And, you know, they got the vibe that this fire was was pretty legit with the multiple calls and everything. So they started moving across the city before being dispatched. So their time of dispatch and time on scene was uh, one minute from each other when they were dispatched on the all hands. And then they're off at the hospital time was another 10 minutes after getting on scene. So from the time we got the call in the station to the time she was at the hospital, for definitive care was 20 minutes. That's so awesome. that, that I think was one of the, the bigger factors too. Yeah. Survival. So, uh, I know it's common practice for your, your apartment, South Portland fire to uh, search without hose lines, but, uh, is it common practice for a chief officer to be fully dressed down, ready for work on a box alarm? Yeah, I think, um, you know, a lot of them grew up, in that system, I think three, almost all the chiefs right now started on the call company, I believe. So, so they, you know, they know what we get on a fire. They know sometimes manpower is a little thin, especially at the beginning until we can get everyone there. So, so I think they have a pretty good culture of putting their gear on. Uh, usually they won't have to go to work like they did here, but the fact that they're ready to go to work like that, you know, when you need it is, you know, that's big. That's pretty awesome. Um, when you guys were grabbing her and uh, what kind of maneuvers were you guys doing? Did you guys pull anything out of your pockets? Did you guys use any webbing? Did you even think about using that or would you? Uh, I carried webbing in my gear. I never even crossed my mind. Okay. I, I was, I saw her legs. I'm like, this is, this is a, she was in a pretty good position to move her. It was just a tight area. So legs first to get her past the door and then legs first for my partner to get her down the stairs. Great. All awesome. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you could change one thing about that fire, what would you change? Um, you know, I think over, overall it went, went very well. Uh, you know, my, like I'd critique my mask up time watching that body cam footage and, you know, trying to get that down. I've been, and that's one thing a lot of us have been practicing on. We just taught a, a drill school for the college and, you know, we're teaching them mask up with their gloves on from the, from their very start. Awesome. That's you know, awesome. Stuff like, stuff like that will make that, that change in the long run. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, what? That'd, that'd probably be one thing. So uh, how has this rescue affected your department or has it? I think, I think it has. We've had 
you know, we had a fire the other night. I wasn't working. I went back on the callback and it was in, you know, one of our more high hazard buildings. It's a four story condo building, 60 units, I believe, and not sprinkled. And they had a fire on the fourth floor. And again, while, while that stretch was being made, they got a water can up there and that's what they made the knock with in the kitchen. And the ladder company, I believe, forced every door in that hallway and performed a, an aggressive primary search uh, without the protection of a hose line. But the water can getting up there knocked it down quickly and the aggressive search, you know, that, uh, that's something I think, you know, we'd always done it. But now just having a good, you know, success story that kind of drives home why you do it. Absolutely. That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, thanks for sharing your story, Hale. Um, this was episode six of Grabs. If you're part of a rescue or an assist in the past, present, or future, we want you to go to um, www.firefighterrescuesurvey.com. We're collecting real data that is very specific to rescue and search, and uh, we're trying to make our searches um, and our rescues better for our victims. If you have a story or of a rescue you'd like to share, contact Grant Schwalbe with President, uh, Residential Primary Search Making the Grab or myself, Justin McWilliams, on Facebook with Search Culture. Thank you.